Finally, something Americans can agree on. Nobody thinks Joe Biden is doing a good job at all. Well, barely. 37%. This is such a low number. Latest Quinnipiac poll on Joe Biden's uh, approval. So uh, I've not seen any mention of this, by the way, on the fake news. Barely any mention. All the major networks just, nah, uh, eh, whatever. Just another day. This number is so low, it is a crisis, all right? Basically, political fact. It's a crisis when you go below 40%. They're not reporting it. However, when a Republican dips below 40, watch out. The president's approval rating has hit another low, according to a new NBC News Wall Street Journal poll. Polls now showing his job approval rating hovering in the low 30s. The president's record low approval rating appears to be a reflection of Americans' concerns about his competence and effectiveness. The number, we, we've heard it for months now, 35, 37, 38 percent. We just can't underscore enough how historically low this is. Can't underscore it enough. Hey, Brian Stelter over there at CNN, can't underscore it enough. But when it happens to their guy, Joe Biden, uh, let's just pretend nothing's happening. Let's just all move on, okay? Uh, it's pretty crazy, isn't it? Joe Biden has real problems, obviously. The economy, foreign policy, uh, nobody seems to like him. And here's a new one. Uh, it's been building for a long time. $5 a gallon gas at least in New York City. I hope that doesn't happen in your neighborhood. What skill does Joe Biden bring to the table? Nothing, almost nothing at all. He went to Capitol Hill a couple of weeks ago. Remember this, master of the Senate, Joe Biden was gonna bring in that reconciliation package for a landing. They don't respect him and he doesn't know how. He doesn't know how to bring it in for a landing. So we are, we are in trouble. So leadership would be really great right about now. Remember how he boasted how he'd handle COVID so well? No, I don't think that's happening. Take a look at these survival rates and what good people who have chosen not to get this vaccine have been forced to do. Emergency workers, first responders in Seattle forced off the job, those who opted not to take the vaccine. You heard about the problems at the airlines, a lot of people upset uh, that they're being forced to take the vaccine and so many people losing their jobs when they opt not to take the vaccine. I, by the way, agree with him. <laughs> I took the vaccine, we went over this yesterday, but that was my choice, not the government's. This vaccine isn't even a year old. That's up to you and your doctor. And um, you know what's coming through from this administration? Contempt, contempt for us, contempt for the people, even our heroes. Listen to this from uh, the disgraceful Jen Psaki, White House Press Secretary. What was the number one cause of death among police officers last year? Do you know? COVID-19. So why am I upset by that? Number one, I'm not so sure about the numbers. Number two, I've seen this game played before. They try to minimize, really. They're minimizing the role of first responders and the risk they incur. When Iraq was going very, very poorly back in the Bush administration and I was covering it, I spent about a year there overall, I heard this nonsense all the time. Things are going great in Iraq. In fact, we lost more Marines in motorcycle accidents uh, in America last uh, month than we did here in Iraq implying that things were safer in Iraq than back home on a motorcycle. Those kinds of comparisons I find to be offensive, very offensive. You may have heard the latest, um, the government is now getting ready to force the vaccine, vaccine potentially on children ages five to 11. And Rochelle Walensky, our CDC chief, is very anxious to make sure the kids are wearing masks. 
So right now we are going to continue to um, recommend masks in all schools for all um, people in those schools. Kids wearing masks. Is that really a good idea? Is that really necessary? I see the president of the United States blowing off his mask. Kids wearing masks, it's ugly. It's painful. It's wrong. Put yeah. your mask on. Yeah. No, you gotta, put, you gotta wear it on, honey. No, you gotta keep it on. Put your mask on. All right, why are they doing this, huh? Joe Biden is blowing off the mask, but they're making kids wear a mask. Why, why? Is it about healthcare? Is it about uh, safety? I think it's about obedience. They want to encourage obedience, governmental obedience, subservience even. That would be very helpful if this country were to go socialist, even communist. Does that sound crazy? I don't know. I mean, everything seems kind of crazy right now. Um, certain truths are encouraged. Others are ignored. You know what's going on in the UK right now? One of their top lawmakers, Sir David Amos, was stabbed last week at a community meeting by most likely an Islamic extremist. And no one's talking about it over there. They're pretending that he died of a stroke almost. It's, it's incredible. But the suspect that they have is a well, he is of Somali heritage, and uh, there are signs that he may have been radicalized. But do not talk about it over there. Do not, because, well, you could get in trouble. This is one of our uh, favorites, by the way, former leader of the Brexit party, Nigel Farage. The head of our police force have made it clear this is an Islamist terror investigation. And yet our political class and our media don't want to call it that. Number one, the fear of being called racist. Number two, the fear uh, that if in battlefield terms you put your head over the parapet, you then become a target for these maniacs as well. He's got a point. He's, he's on to it. I really think so. The mayor of London put out a tweet about this death, a 69-year-old man who was stabbed to death. Look at this. I am so deeply, deeply saddened by the tragic news that Sir David has passed away. Passed away. A loving blah, 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 all very nice, condolences, whatever. Do you see that top line, though? He had passed away? No, he was stabbed to death by a terrorist while doing his job. Why wouldn't they talk about that? That's very strange. By the way, this guy, he knows that brutality happens in life. When George Floyd died, he was all over that. The mayor of London puts this out. The brutal killing of George Floyd has rightly ignited fury around the world. I stand in solidarity with black people experiencing systematic racism, blah, 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 blah. Um, that kind of avoidance, that fear of being called a racist because you're actually just using your eyes and you're using your mind and you're evaluating problems, this is, uh, this is very strange. This is very bizarre. I'm not sure if it has something to do with our next topic, but did you hear about a woman who was brutally raped on a train outside of Philadelphia in full view of several other passengers? They broke out their cameras, and instead of interceding and helping the woman, they filmed it. They filmed it. They don't want to get too close. COVID, I mean, who knows what prevented them from helping this poor woman, uh, but they didn't. And here's the uh, suspect, by the way, a uh, person in custody, Fistin Nagoy, 35-year-old Congolese immigrant living in the U.S. illegally since 
2015, and he had something of a record. Yeah, police uh, talked about this. Uh, folks were watching, and they just broke out their cameras. They did not get involved. Is there any indication through social media or other tips to your department that somebody on the train filmed it? Is there any other footage circulating out there that you know of? I can tell you that people were holding their phone up in the direction of um, this woman being attacked. He didn't want to say they were recording. What else were they doing with their phone pointing in the direction and not getting involved? Uh, phone, we see that a lot, by the way. People just holding up their phone when something happens. Number one, they love pulling out the phone on police. And when something happens, a crime, right in front of their eyes, I've noticed this. You've probably seen it as well. Everybody takes out their phone and record. This poor man uh, might have been the victim of anti-Asian hate here in New York City, was almost strangled to death. And nobody helped the guy. They used to call this the Kitty Genovese syndrome. Legend had it that Kitty Genovese, this is a real story, by the way, she was stabbed to death in Queens in the 1960s, uh, that dozens of people heard and did nothing. They heard her screams. Turned out that that was actually a fake news story, that not dozens, maybe one or two people, and they didn't realize the trouble that she was in. But that syndrome that was called the Kitty Genovese syndrome seems alive and well in America today. Uh, folks just don't want to get involved. They don't want to be, uh-oh, labeled a Karen, labeled a racist, labeled a troublemaker. These are strange times, but I don't think we should uh, go along with the mob. Do you? Of course not. You wouldn't be watching Newsmax if you were like that. I'll be right back. Have you checked out the Newsmax Daily Podcast with me, Rob Carson? You get daily news, insightful commentary, and believe it or not, comedy. Check it out wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts or at NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast. All I can say is that, that the fake news just doesn't get it, do they? They don't The fake news, even their patience, is uh, being tried by Jen Psaki, who's got to be the worst press secretary uh, ever in any country, uh, in any state. I mean, um, it's ludicrous, ludicrous, a ludicrous performance. Now, back when she first got the job, she tried to tell the truth, but she got herself in trouble. And now I think it's just easier for her to lie. Now, here she is, to her credit, she's trying to tell the truth, but she made a bit of a fool out of herself. I can, I'll circle back if there's more I can share with you. But I'll circle back with you if there's more to convey. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. We can circle back with I'm, I'm happy to circle back with you. I can circle back. Uh, I will have to circle back on that one. That's an excellent question. Oh, such an important question. Uh, we will circle back with you and we'll, we'll circle back with you. It's an interesting question, but uh, we'll, we'll circle back. I'm happy to circle back, but I'll have to circle back with you on it. It's a good question, but we'll circle back with you on this today. We will certainly circle back with you more directly. Okay, so she was ripped for that. Now she doesn't circle back. She just shoots from the hip with a lie. Uh, deception, whatever comes to her mind, she just wants to get out of the moment and move on and not reveal much of anything. Uh, take a look at this. There is a mask requirement inside D.C. restaurants, yet President Biden and the First Lady were not wearing masks while walking around a D.C. restaurant on Saturday. Why? Well, I think what we are referring to is a photo of them walking out of a restaurant after they they had eaten masks in hand where they had not yet put them back on yet. 
Okay, there's spin and then there's outright deception. And that was very deceptive because anybody who saw that story saw this video and photo of Jill and the president in the restaurant without masks on. There they are, there's Jill, there's Joe, <laughs> no masks on. We're not talking about outside the restaurant, Jen Psaki, we're talking about inside the restaurant and you know that. Also, she just seems to have um, disdain for all of us and our concerns and worries about um, food, supplies, our way of life. It was crystal clear that things were not improving on supply chain. People couldn't get dishwashers and, and furniture and treadmills delivered on time, not to mention all sorts of other things. So why the is it... The tragedy of the, short, the treadmill that's delayed. Right, the treadmill, the problem. But, 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 but serious, the serious point is why didn't... You see what I mean there, all right? The, the snideness, making a joke about the supply chain issue, that's their fault. And by the way, treadmills can save people's lives. A little bit of cardio every day can save your life. And, uh, oh, this is um, this is a little bit of spin. It's all dishonest, but uh, you heard about the planes that have been coming into Westchester County here in New York in the middle of the night. They quibbled about the timing. Full of illegal immigrants, by the way, okay? But they want to focus on the timing. Why is the administration flying thousands of migrants from the border to Florida and New York in the middle of the night? Uh, well, I'm not sure that it's in the middle of the night, but let me tell you what's happening here. Um, it is our 4:29 a.m. Well, he, very he, early in the morning. Here we are talking gone. about early flights, earlier than you might like to take a flight. Okay, this has been happening for months. They're flying into an airport that is closed at 2:30 in the morning. To most people, that's the middle of the night. Okay, uh, this is a person who's not trying to tell the truth, who's not being transparent which is what she promised, what the Biden administration promised in such a dramatic, over-the-top, self-righteous way. Take a look at this. We're good? We're good. Ready? When the president asked me to serve in this role, we talked about the importance of bringing truth and transparency back to the briefing room. Rebuilding trust will be central to our focus every single day. Uh, <laughs> truth and transparency is the last thing the Biden administration wants, but they say it because it sounds good. That's how they work. That's how they roll. All right, got to go to Hollywood now. Dave Chappelle, the great comedian, uh, is still in some hot water over that uh, politically incorrect uh, special on Netflix. I think it's hilarious, but a lot of the employees there at Netflix were insulted by the LGBTQ jokes, and they walked out. They walked out of Netflix, which is probably a pretty sweet place to work. Now, up until now, Netflix has been standing uh, behind Chappelle. Uh, the show is still on Netflix. They haven't pulled it, but it looks like they're wavering. Who knows? Just a little bit. Take a look at this statement. We respect the decision of any employee who chooses to walk out and recognize we have much more work to do within Netflix and in our content. Sounds like no more LGBTQ jokes. And by the way, they make fun of everything else. Dave Chappelle does everything. I mean... White people, black people, everything is up for grabs. That's what we want from comedians. So I hope, I hope he keeps at it. But Chappelle is in an interesting position, all right? It's hard to cancel Chappelle. He's very funny. He's very, very good. He's also this. First of all, before I even start, I want to say that I'm rich and famous. 
He is. He's rich and famous. And by the way, obviously, he also happens to be black. And all those things together makes him very hard to cancel or to pull his special. But if you're not rich, if you're not that famous, and if you're white, you're far more expendable. Remember about a week ago, John Gruden, the coach of the Las Vegas Raiders, got himself into some pretty hot water for a private email he sent 10 years ago. Take a look at one of them. Let's go through it, please. In 2017, Drost shared with the group a sexist meme of a female referee to which Gruden replied, nice job, Roger. Okay. <laughs> you compare what he said privately in an email <laughs> 10 years ago to what Chappelle said in the Netflix special that just dropped a couple of days ago. Uh, I don't know. There's a seems to be an interesting system here where some people can say certain things publicly and some people can't say anything even privately. It's hard to keep up with. It's a crazy system. President Trump, when he was president, called it out very effectively, even beautifully on that July 4th in 2020 at Mount Rushmore. A new far left fascism that demands absolute allegiance if you do not speak its language, perform its rituals, recite its mantras, and follow its commandments, then you will be censored, banished, blacklisted, persecuted, and punished. It's not going to happen to us. I hope not. You got to be careful out there. And uh, you also have to be brave. You have to be brave. You know who it actually has already happened to, at least in the performing its rituals area? Joe Biden. When Joe Biden chose Kamala Harris as his running mate, uh, he was giving in. Because do you really think he wanted to make this woman his running mate? So that's where the federal government must step in. That's why we have the Voting Rights Act. There are moments in history where states fail to preserve the civil rights of all people. I have supported the ERA from the very beginning when I ran for the She had such contempt for him. She damn near called him a racist. And he performed the ritual, though. He was told, it's got to be her. It's got to be a woman of color, and we want it to be Kamala. And he went with it because he's owned by the left. I'll be right back. So if you have doubts about the fairness of the 2020 election, as I do, um, you got to choose your words very carefully, because if you say certain words, now I have concerns about the fairness, okay? That's, that's how I feel. That's what I state publicly, and that's how I feel. But just theoretically, if I use the word stolen and I'm not using it, what would happen? Who knows? Okay, all kinds of bad things. He's stirring an insurrection. I'm not. I'm not saying it's stolen. Okay, 
I'm just saying I have concerns about the fairness of the election, and I think they should be looked into, all right? I'd like to stay on social media for the time being. Uh, but if you're a Democrat and you want to say any old election was stolen, have at it. Democrats are calling in heavy hitters to campaign for McAuliffe in the final days, including Stacey Abrams. I think the election was stolen from the people of Georgia. This is not a speech of concession. You're not using the word legitimate. Is he the legitimate governor-elect of Georgia? I cannot concede that. It was stolen from the voters of Georgia. We do not know what they would have done. I do have one very affirmative statement to make. We won. We actually won the last presidential election, folks. They stole the last presidential election. Was President George Bush legitimately elected? Well, we went through a very contentious 2000. McCall bluntly challenged the legitimacy of President Bush's election. And he went on to say that the Supreme Court tampered with the result. What do you mean by that? Invite me back on this show in about eight weeks. I think you're going to learn that Al Gore actually did get all the votes. Do you think this next election is going to be on the up and up? Oh, I'm very concerned. I'm very concerned. Candidate right now for Republican candidate in Virginia. Pretty wild, huh? Pretty wild indeed. Huh. All right. We say, if we say, that we have concerns if we use the s word about 2020 watch out they'll call the cops uh oh by the way you saw stacy abrams in that footage stacy abrams ran for governor of georgia it didn't work out she said something very interesting about uh how that job basically is hers uh listen to this i come from a state where i was not entitled to become the governor but as an American citizen and a citizen of Georgia, I'm going to fight for every person who has the right to vote to be able to cast that vote. Not entitled. Can I hear one more time? She's not entitled. What is that? Not entitled. Is that what you said? Uh, Senator, state senator. What is she anyway? Well, she's no. Go ahead. One more time. I come from a state where I was not entitled to become the governor. But as an American citizen and a citizen of Georgia, I'm going to fight for every person who has the right to vote to be able to cast that vote. All right. Entitled is an interesting word. If you no one's entitled to it, if you win the election, I guess then you're entitled to it. But she did not win. OK. OK. All right. Also this. Black lives matter, of course. Black lives do matter. Not the way the Black Lives Matter movement says they only care when a black life is taken by a white cop. But Black Lives Matter, especially the life of a 13-year-old, 13-year-old Keelan Allen, shot and killed in Tuscaloosa, Alabama last week. He was sitting in his bedroom playing with an iPad on Friday night. Someone sprayed his family's home with bullets. One of those bullets went through a window and hit the boy in the head. Family members say he was a great kid, big heart, good grades in school. His grandmother said it's Hard not to be angry, but she's too distraught to think about who shot him. My grandson died that he lived. He has another chance to do right in life. He has a second chance now. He better get right with God. He better get right with himself and get away from them people that he's fooling around with because they ain't playing and bullets don't have no name on them. All right. Uh, she's talking about the shooter there, and 18-year-old uh, James Reed was arrested on Saturday and charged with capital murder. 21-year-old Julian Lamont Gordon Jr. was taken into custody Monday afternoon, charged with capital murder and 
Police say Keylon was not the intended target of the shooting. They're still investigating the matter. Young man was just 13 years old. All right, the Steele dossier, they have resurrected it and trying to make it into a thing all over again, even though it's been discounted. We're even getting a look at Christopher Steele himself. So you stand by the dossier? I stand by the work we did, the sources that we had, and the professionalism which we applied to it. The audacity, right? The audacity. Uh, We'll be joined next by Congressman Devin Nunes from the Intelligence Committee. Great American, has done so much uh, for this country. And also his one-time assistant, Cash Patel. We'll be right back. You're on the go and need news now. No paywalls, no cable subscriptions. Just download the Newsmax app from your smartphone store. It's free. And watch Newsmax TV anytime, anywhere. Glenn Simpson is hiring you. Did you have any idea who was paying him? He explained to begin with that it was a law firm that was behind their project. That's very common in our business. We didn't know immediately which law firm it was. We found that out after about a month. You knew then within a month that the Clinton campaign in some fashion was behind this. That's Christopher Steele, the man behind the Steele dossier. The Clintons were behind it as well. Uh, A new documentary, they're trying to resurrect the Steele dossier, the debunked Steele dossier. Let's bring in the experts, shall we? Congressman Devin Nunes, Republican of California. Welcome back, sir. Ranking member of the House Intelligence Committee. Your former, uh, I believe he was on your staff for a good long time before he went over to the Trump administration. Cash Patel, former chief of staff to the Department of Defense and also deputy assistant to President Trump for counterterrorism. Welcome to you both. Uh, Congressman, first to you, what do you make of this effort to uh, reintroduce the Steele dossier? Well, there's a lot here, Greg, that we need to unpack. But first of all, I didn't know when Disney Company bought ABC, I didn't know that they were going to move it to Fantasyland out of Disney World. (laughs) Because you have to understand that all of these reporters were all in on the hoax. They all knew what was going on the entire time. So for them to sit there and pretend like, oh, because I had to watch this thing. It's like an hour long. It felt like it was 20 hours. And they're like, oh, we don't know. Are you a patriot or are you not a patriot? Like, it's total nonsense. I mean, pretty soon they're going to need to get some kind of new ride at Fantasyland, like Mr. Steele's Wild Ride or whatever, you know, something like that, next to the ABC News fake news desk. <laughs> I had a feeling it was bogus because of all the cheesy music they throw in. I mean, I knew it was bogus, but that's another indicator. Uh, Cash Patel, uh, your your thoughts, please. Well, I couldn't uh, agree more with my uh, my dear friend and former boss, Devin Nunes. Look, we needed guys like him to lead the charge to expose the corruption of not just Christopher Steele, but Fusion GPS, the Democratic Party, the Hillary Clinton campaign, Perkins Coie, and the entire operation that was shoved into the FBI under the crooks of James Comey and Andrew McCabe and Lisa Page and Peter Strzok and perpetrated the biggest fraud in presidential history. But here's the thing, and Devin's right. They couldn't have done it without the media. And for Christopher Steele to come on national TV and say, 
Man, I didn't really know who was paying me six figures worth of money is garbage because you don't dole out six figures worth of money unless you know where it's coming from and who it's going to. So um, I'd like to see the New York Times Pulitzer rescinded, but also I guess I'd have to move to Devin's fantasy land that he described for that to actually happen. Okay, so we know this is uh, trash, but uh, it is out there. It's on Hulu, so I don't know how many people are going to see it. Uh, but again, <laughs> let's play another clip of this thing. This is uh, Christopher Steele former intelligence, I guess a spy with the uh, British government. But again, listen to the music. They have to jazz this thing up some, uh, somehow. Uh, go ahead. What exactly did he ask you to look into? Two things, really. One was what the Russians were doing in terms of potential interference in the campaign, and two, what the links were between Trump and the Trump campaign in Russia. So you get this assignment, what do you do? You essentially get your network of sources to redirect themselves onto asking contacts in Russia about this issue. Okay, just a small taste there. Um, he is giving himself a lot of wiggle room there, right? I mean, he's saying he, uh, I don't know, hired people, and uh, I, he's not getting to the substance of what he actually produced. Well, you have to remember, Greg, that the source at the end of the day ended up being not someone in Russia, ended up being somebody in Washington, D.C. And then, of course, the subsources ended up be being all people who said, either we don't even know the guy or we never talked to the guy or we definitely didn't say that. So there's no ambiguity here. And that's what I'm saying about how fake ABC News is, because you only showed one of the bad actors in that. But there were a couple others who perpetuated this hoax the entire time. And they know all of this. They know who the source is. So you have to, we have to go back in time. I'm old enough to remember, so is Cash old enough to remember because we had to live through this nightmare. The whole story was that if we talked about anything, we were gonna jeopardize the life of these super secret <laughs> spies that were, gonna get, that were gonna get killed. No, you morons, you made it up. You had some dude that was right over here in Washington, D.C., in the swamp, who, by the way, was a Russian. And, and look, also, and, this can't, and Cash can comment on this, you have to remember, still was working for Russians. He had a whole history of working with Russians for this guy, Deripaska, whose house got raided in the last couple of days. So here you have a guy working with Russians, basically saying there were phony Russians that he was getting information on that's been totally disproven. And then you add on to that, that he himself, he's supposedly you know, playing out to be a patriot in this documentary, talking about interfering in foreign elections. He was the one interfering in our election. So you mentioned the sources uh, that is, we have actually a, a, a small clip where they talk about that. Go ahead, please. What about your sources? That was actually the most significant concern of all and always has been. Yes, absolutely, that they would be identified and punished. Killed? Possibly. Did anything happen to any of your sources? Yes, but I can't really go there, I'm afraid. Is that source still living? Yes. Are you still a target of Vladimir Putin? I'm a target for him trying to discredit us. I'm not only I'm a target for assassination or anything like that. Uh, Cash, um, <laughs> that seemed pretty silly somehow. What do you think? I mean, it's like Disney World come to uh, my, my, my living room. Uh, I think, you know, one of the questions I have is, Christopher Steele, is he standing by the abuse of his spray tan products? Because that's really offensive to me. But the next thing in line is what Devin was talking about, is his sourcing. This guy hadn't been in Russia himself in 15 years. 
15 years, but he's a Russian spy expert. And then he's got hearsay sources doing two, three levels of hearsay who have admitted in a British court to being bogus uh, informants for him. So his own informants, he's saying, are now, you know, their lives are jeopardized. No, Christopher Steele, you wrecked the lives of American patriots. You wrecked the lives of people in America who you conjured up information on. You wrecked the lives of individuals who investigated you, like Devin Nunes and I, who now we're, you know, we're working overtime to clear our names because you got the fake news media to come after us. So I don't feel bad for him, and none of his sources died. And that guy, Christopher Shield, should be banished to an island off the coast of England for the rest of his life. Hey, one thing, uh, this dossier, though, it only came to light once President Trump was elected, right? He was president-elect when it became public, and it looked like, to me, it was designed to, um, well, obviously embarrass him and... Uh, ruin his relationship potentially with the intelligence community, Congressman Nunes? Well, look, I think you have to go back and, and look at the dossier. It had been peddled for probably more than a year, still probably didn't even you know, make some of the, you know, he basically took some other product that Fusion GPS had made up. You know, they were constantly just trying to build these fake news narratives to try to tie uh, Donald Trump to Russia. That's what was happening. And, and if you take a look at, you have to remember this, he's supposedly so honest and genuine there uh, in that documentary, and supposedly he just wants to get to the truth. He's now coming out and telling his story. Well, he had lots of time. I remember back in 2017, we had Cash Patel, who was our lead investigator on this, try to reach out to his attorneys. If he thought people were gonna die, people were gonna be jeopardized, that somehow Trump, there, that these P-tapes existed of Donald Trump, serious accusations. So why did this super spy inspector gadget, why did he not come forward and tell us all this information when we were doing an investigation? He didn't do it because he was lying then, he's lying now, and he had a whole bunch of people that were surrounding him. And the fact, I'll just say this again, I mean, ABC News really should move to Disney World. This is an embarrassment for them. Uh, and look, we can get more into that, Greg, but it would take your entire show. <laughs> well, we already have an idea. They have no credibility with us uh, for the most part. Uh, listen, uh, you guys paid a huge price, by the way, for telling the truth and by being committed to the rule of law. Cash, could you tell us a little bit about Fight With Cash? You can go to fightwithcash.com for some information, but tell us where things stand and tell us a little bit about that campaign. Dang, just like most of the good things in my career, I was inspired by Devin to help clear our name after we'd been smeared and defamed in the media. So, we, we launched uh, lawsuits to, to help clear our names and fight with cash is for those Americans who have been defamed and deplatformed by big tech but don't have the funds to go in and court and sue. We're going to pay for your lawyers. We put I put up content on that website for free. I encourage you guys to go to fightwithcash.com and donate what you can because it's going back to Americans so we can reestablish the rule of law and correct the fake news media like ABC and CNN and The Times. I love it. I hope I never need your help, but uh, who knows? <laughs> Cash Patel, Congressman Devin Nunez, thank you so much. To be continued, we'll be right back. You're emotionally abusing our children. Highly politicized agendas on our most vulnerable constituents. You cannot accomplish anything because of your skin color. This is still America, ma'am. 
I love these women. I love these warriors. Men, too, by the way, but the women have been outstanding. And I think added to the roster of heroes is Ramona Bessinger. She's a Providence, Rhode Island public school teacher, and she's run into some really big problems because she stands for the truth. First of all, uh, Ramona Bessinger, welcome to Newsmax. How are you? Thank you so much for having me on your show. I'm doing really well. Thank you. You bet. You bet. Well, look, you, there were some fireworks just the other night, a school board meeting. You made an appearance. I want to take a look at that, and then we'll, uh, we'll talk about what's happening, okay? Okay. All right. They're lying about the curriculum. They are teaching a curriculum that is racialized. They are teaching children to be divided. We don't give a damn about their political issues. We don't give a damn about their political ideology. We would like our children to be educated and treated fairly and decent. We're sick of this. Wow. It's such a, you know, straightforward, makes so much sense. Who knew saying something like that could get you in a lot of trouble? And some would say that you're the radical. Uh, Ramona, when did things get really crazy up there? Well, Actually, um, I'm getting it from both ends. I have a child who is in the 10th grade at North Kingstown High School, and I'm also a teacher in an urban community. And so I'm seeing this rolled out at my school where I teach, but also at my son's school. And honestly, it is frightening. I have never in all my years as a teacher seen anything like this. Um, it started to um, become apparent to me that something was not right sometime around last November, excuse me, when I um, taught the Declaration of Independence, and that was met with um, some disapproval from my administration, and I knew something was quite wrong at that point. And then, of course, around January, boxloads and boxloads and boxloads of books were streaming into um, our classrooms. I've never seen anything like that either. Cartoon style, pamphlet style books that all seem to have, uh, yeah, not those books, but they were, <laughs> those books were taken out. Um, so, and in my children's classes, I noticed the same narrative as well. So on both ends at my kids' school, but also as a teacher, I noticed that these books had this same sort of bizarre constantly, you know, the same narrative that, um, you know, we were divided in our country by oppressor versus the oppressed. You started speaking out about this. I understand you wrote an essay that received some attention. Uh, I am a medical, middle school teacher and see how critical race curriculum is creating racial hostility in school. And I think we can see that uh, from teachers like you and just it makes it's common sense. When did you start getting heat. You start noticing these oddball things. You say, all right, <laughs> are we serious here? How did they or did they penalize you? Oh, yes. And then some. I was called down to HR for every single, I mean, they, they made up things. It was ridiculous. Uh, pronouncing a student's name wrong, walking out of the building during a fire drill incorrectly. Everything was, you know, embellished with this uh, crazy language intended to intimidate and, you know, bully me and basically send a message to me to shut up or, you know, this harassment was going to continue. 
And then, of course, I didn't shut up, and I wrote the article in Legal Insurrection, and that um, that went somewhat became very popular or went viral, I suppose. And uh, subsequent to that, started school again in September, and it was just it's been brutal since the beginning, since day one. And the message is clear that if you oppose this political ideology that is infiltrating our schools, the message is clear. They're going to come after you. They're going to harass you and they're going to try to silence you. This is the way this group, you know, the way this, uh, this agenda works. They are bullies, quite frankly. Or worse, or worse. I, uh, oh, yes. you know, I admire you, though. I mean, it's a lot of us are just, you know, sounding off on Twitter and you're on the front lines, literally. Uh, by the way, you have some key allies. You may not know them personally, but they're on your side here. Uh, here's a, a moment from Condoleezza Rice, former secretary of state. She had a few things to say about critical race theory. Great. It either seems so big that somehow white people now have to feel guilty for everything that happened in the past. I, I mm -hmm. don't think that's very productive. Or black people have to feel disempowered by mm -hmm. race. I would like black kids to be completely empowered, to know that they are beautiful in their blackness. Mm -hmm. But in order to do that, I don't have to make white kids feel bad for being white. Uh, what do you think of that? That is exactly what is happening. I will say that in, in white children are feeling ashamed for being white, but also ashamed to be American. And where I teach, there's a lot of mistrust of the United States, um, mistrust of white people. And in fact, you know, you hear this sort of race discussion, this 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 idea that that this country is inherently racist being, you know, spoken between children as early, you know, at the age of 12 and 13. It's it's really very unfortunate to see this happening and play out in the schools, but also in the work that the kids are doing. Mm. The work is all about being a victim. The 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 projects and and the materials kids are reading. It's it's really unfortunate that children are not having you know the same education that we were exposed to, or even my um, you know up to a couple of years ago. It's all race-based and all violent. It's terrible. Being a kid is tough enough. <laughs> I remember those years, 13, 14, we didn't have to deal with any of this stuff. Everybody agreed on the books, and uh, I was a basket case. <laughs> so that's another story. But um, listen, Ramona, you're not alone. We're thinking about you. Folks, if you'd like to uh, reach out, you can. If you don't mind, Ramona, I'm going to share your Twitter address, at Ramona Bessinger, at Ramona Bessinger. And uh, we appreciate it. Hang in there, and um, let's stay in touch, okay? Thank you so much for having me on your show. You bet. What you're doing is very, very important. We'll, uh, to be continued, and we'll be right back. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere. Let's go, Brandon. Yeah, indeed. Here's one of those uh, temporary signs outside of Seattle, Washington. Here's another sign in another part of the city somewhere else. 
Let's go, Brandon. It's a thing. It's not going away. I hope Brandon's okay with this. He didn't do anything wrong. He just won a race. Anyway, let's go, Brandon. See you tomorrow.